Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bears, the Bulls, the Bears. Oh, oh. Good morning, everybody. The Bears is the word of the day. It's Monday morning, March 13th, 2023. I'm a little tired, but I got the energy going because I got my water. I got Coca. I got you. Day after the Oscars, night after the Oscars. We're going to get to that. But we're starting with what I couldn't believe David Tepper did this weekend. David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and he traded with the Chicago Bears because he so badly wanted the number one pick in the entire NFL draft so they can be the stars. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock doing what we told you would be done on February 28th, 2023, when we told you to wait and see that the Chicago Bears were going to trade the top pick in the draft. All sorts of quarterbacks available. Do you like C.J. Stroud? Do you like Bryce Young? Doesn't matter. The Bears made a decision that they like Justin Fields. So they said, we're open for business. But they were very good. When you have the number one pick, you have so much leverage. And anytime you have leverage in any situation, you have to match the leverage with patience. What good is leverage if you're raring to go and you're premature in your actions. What good is being premature in your actions if you have no leverage? You have to, they have to be together like dance partners. So the Bears are out talking to all the teams. They made it public, making it very clear, we're open for business, we'll talk to anybody. Teams are feeling around, tiptoeing around the tulips, looking out for dog crap. And the Bears say, wait a minute, Let's see what David Tepper has to say. David Tepper is the owner from Nothing Personal, not the content machine of Danny Boy or of Jerry Jones, but he's probably in third place in terms of content. Remember that contract he gave to Matt Rule? Remember the pre, uh, the training facility that he started to build and then stopped getting public money and now tore it down and stopped paying all the subs and the contractors involved in a lawsuit, settled it, the settlement wasn't good enough. Just a lot going on with the Tep man. Phone call comes in and then reports come out. It cannot be true that the Bears got two first round picks, two second round picks, and a recently extended unbelievable wide receiver named DJ Moore. All of those in exchange for the number one overall pick. 
all of those in exchange for a player who the Carolina Panthers are going to build around in theory. They're going to let him play for four years, five years, maybe tag him for another year, tag him for two years, sign him to a long-term deal. Maybe he becomes Tua. Maybe he becomes Mahomes. Maybe he becomes Sam Darnold. The risk inherent in trading up to get the number one pick, trading for control, that's all the number one pick is. It means you don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. But the risk in trading so many assets to get that amount of control of your own destiny is you sure as hell better have good scouts and good coaches. Because can you imagine if CJ Stroud and Bryce Young don't really work out, then what exactly were the Panthers doing? Conversely, if you're the Chicago Bears, you got a great haul. They're being lauded by everyone. Way to go. You played the leverage game and you turned one pick into four picks plus a player. Here's the problem. You better be right about your quarterback. There's no reason to believe that they're wrong about fields, but what if they are? So as an owner or president, you sit down with your football people, you lay out to them the two sides of the argument, and then you let them make the decision. There should not be an owner who steps in when it comes to these draft day deals. And the reason why is that owners know the least about amateur players. They know the least about scouting. They know the least about trade capital. Hey, I think this is a good trade, one for two or two for two, or get me some picks. Analytics people will give you the value of the picks. They'll give you the monetary value. This happens in baseball. You get the monetary value of getting a second round draft pick or a competitive balance pick or what it means to have a young player. There's literally dollar values assigned. When you make a trade in baseball, there are dollar values. There are years of control that are then valued in and you come out of the machine and say, oh, we won this trade or we lost this trade. So what's interesting to me is when it comes to football, people don't talk as much about meddling owners in football as they do in baseball. It's a very difficult sport to meddle in unless you're Jerry Jones and you name yourself the GM, but it's very difficult to do. The Carolina Panthers are in a position where they haven't won anything and their owner thinks that he's good at what he does. Now, can you imagine how great it would be if the Carolina Panthers actually only wanted the number one pick, not for CJ Stroud, not for Bryce Young, but they actually wanted to do what the Bears did and they turn around and they trade the number one pick. Has there ever been an example where the number one pick gets traded two times? Clearly, if there were a runaway number one pick where it was just a Bryce Harper type of situation or a Patrick Mahomes, was he 1-1? I don't think he was, Coca. What's the last example of a 1-1? Maybe Tony Mandich. The last example of a 1-1 who is a slam dunk who ends up being great. Ha ha, he was terrible. But a 1-1, I can't even think of it. I'm blanking. I should have slept more last night. But who's a 1-1? Mahomes was? Oh, he was the 10th? So who is like the 1-1? Trevor Lawrence. I think he went 1-1. And he has turned into a obviously productive quarterback for the Jaguars. But can you imagine the Panthers turning around and trading away the number one pick. So if they do that, the way you're supposed to judge it is what did you get versus what you gave? And it only works if you won a Super Bowl.
What? Samson, wake up. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey, of course. While you were sleeping, Jalen Ramsey got traded from the Rams to the Dolphins. Do you know what the Rams did to get Jalen Ramsey? They traded two first-round picks to the Jags to get him. Then they traded Ramsey. They won a Super Bowl, traded Ramsey to the Dolphins to get a third-round pick and, another, and a tight end. People are saying they got way less than what they gave. But they won a Super Bowl. For the Panthers to get the number one pick and then trade the number one pick or get the number one pick and make the mistake of the number one pick or control the draft or run the draft or all the things that come with having the number one pick, it all comes in second. It's like being nominated for the Academy Award and not winning it. It's great. I'm very happy for you. You've got the number one pick. What are you doing with it to make yourself better? Anytime you make a trade, what are you doing to make yourself better? Because it doesn't have to be for now, but it better be for later. If it's not now, if it could be now or later, then you've got yourself a great candy. It's going to be interesting to me to see what happens here with the Dolphins going all in, with the Rams making Jerry Jones look prescient as heck with him saying what the Rams did is not sustainable. We're not going to do what the Rams did. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. That's true but he's talking about the Rams going all in and then having to break up the team because it's not financially feasible anymore. What do you think as a fan base? You want your owner to do that. You need your owner to do that. I want you on this draft. I need you on this draft because deep down in places that you don't talk about at parties, you love living under the banner of freedom that we provide or the banner of winning that we provide. So the Bears made a trade, biggest news of the weekend in football, I thought it would be. In an Oscar weekend, normally I'd lead with the Oscars, the World Baseball Classic is going on. I thought I'd lead with that. The NFL just steals everything. In the same weekend that all this is going on, the number one pick gets traded. Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Dolphins, which is a huge trade. And the Dolphins picked up Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> Oh, come on, come on. Okay, ready? 6, 12, 89. And on top of that, the Dolphins picked up the fifth year option for Tua. Why does that matter? Tua's the quarterback for the Dolphins who was drafted. Remember the tanking for Tua? The Dolphins ended up getting Tua. Tua has been phenomenal on the field for the Dolphins, except he's barely on the field because he keeps getting concussed. But don't worry, he's taking jujitsu. Side note, Coca, not in the rundown. For those of you who think that taking jujitsu will stop you from getting concussions because you learn how to fall, have never been chased by a 300 pound defensive lineman who runs a 4-4. Would you give me a break and not write one more thing or say one more thing about how unlikely it is that Tua will ever get another concussion because now he knows jujitsu? Tua had several concussions last year. He cleared concussion protocol well after the season ended. As you recall, he was not part of the Dolphins playoff run at all. Ended up getting hurt. The Dolphins, when a quarterback is drafted in the first round, you get a four-year deal. You can pick up a fifth-year option. There's actually a fourth-year option you can pick up and a fifth-year option. Then you can tag the player, either exclusive or non-exclusive, the way Lamar Jackson is currently under the non-exclusive tag. And people in Miami were all wondering, I thought we were getting Brady because Rich Eisen at the scouting combine had said, I think Tom Brady may unretire. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that it's possible that Tom Brady could be a dolphin. And here's my favorite part about that. 
trying to speculate because of real estate where a player is going to be. Do you think Tom Brady bought a house in Miami because he wants to play for the Dolphins or because he wants to have a house near his kids and he's in a divorce and his kids live in Miami? I'm just throwing it out there. Not being a conspiracy theorist. I'm just wondering whether you may be aware why players buy houses in certain areas. And by the way, the weather's not bad, but the infrastructure sucks. So now the Dolphins, Tom Brady, what about Lamar Jackson? Let's upgrade. But two is so amazing, we don't need to upgrade. But what if he's hurt? But he's not hurt now, but he could get hurt again. Let's stop this conversation because we picked up the fifth year option. We have guaranteed to a $23.1 million two years from now. Whoopity doodah. This is not even newsworthy, nor does it inform any one of us what the Dolphins' plans are a quarterback. Well, we've put all the worries aside. Tua can rest easy knowing that he is the quarterback of the present and the future for the Dolphins. No. When you're Steve Ross and you have a chance to guarantee Tua $23 million, now you do it. This is the, around the time of year when Lamar got his fifth year option picked up. It is an absolutely standard operating procedure that is not relevant in any way to the Dolphins' plans. If you are the Dolphins, does it not make sense to you? What about signing Tua to a long-term deal? Why not just go to that? Let's have the Daniel Jones conversation. People around Miami are saying, this is better, you don't wanna wait. Daniel Jones ended up being a $40 million quarterback and you could have him for $23 million. Well, I've got some apples. Would you like to talk about my orange juice? Daniel Jones was signed to an extension coming off a season where he outperformed and he, he put himself in a position where he could basically steal money from the New York Giants because they wanted to franchise tag Barkley and you could only tag one person. This does not mean that Tua is going to get a long-term deal from the Dolphins. They'd be moronic to sign Tua to a long-term deal. You don't know whether or not the jujitsu is going to stick its landing. I'll even go into more detail than that and tell you, wait to see is when we tell you something's gonna happen. When it does, we'll revisit it. When it doesn't, hey, we'll revisit it. Let me give you a wait to see right now. Tua will not underscore N-O triple T get a long-term deal from the Dolphins. Are we okay with that? Does it mean that it's a mistake to pick up his fifth year option? No. It just means that the Dolphins will not be signing to a long term. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So the quarterback carousel is spinning and everyone thought the biggest domino was Aaron Rodgers, including me. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's a little bit we do that comes from the movie. I forgot the movie. What is the movie? Oh my God, Coca. This is it. This is it. Hi, my name is David. Tongue out. I'm good. Half baked. Holy Christ. We got to cut that out. I can't have people think that I really couldn't come up with half baked. I mean, they're going to think I'm fully baked right now, which I happen to not be. It's 8.14 in the morning. If you're watching live, then just close your eyes, open your eyes, everything everywhere all at once. We are going into the metaverse. We're going full. Ready? Here we go. So you want to talk to Samson is from the movie Half Baked. It does help if you're fully baked to watch it, but there's a character named Samson. Get into my Twitter, David P. Samson, and ask a question. You predicted that Aaron Rodgers will not take another snap in Green Bay. David, do the owner's comments mean that you win? Ooh, I like that question. That's why you're in the show. Aaron Rodgers is on the Green Bay Packers. Once he's done with the Antonio Alfonseca, and once he's seen the light with Gloria Stefan, and once he comes out of the dark and decides where he wants to go, and then has the Jets fly all the way to California to see him, why is beyond me. Get your ass on a plane, Aaron. Woody Johnson shouldn't be going anywhere, but owners do. That's what they do, thinking that'll convince Aaron to be a Jet. Give me a break, would you please? Now everyone's waiting. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Let's give him what he wants. Let's have Aaron Rodgers exactly follow the script of Brett Favre. Brett Favre gets traded to the Jets and Aaron Rodgers is waiting. Boom, take over. Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets. Boom, Jordan Love takes over. History has a habit of repeating itself. If you don't learn from the past, you are condemned to repeat it. The Packers owner is not Mark Murphy. Can we stop calling him that? The owners of the Packers are you, shareholders. It's a publicly owned company. Mark Murphy is the CEO on the board. He runs the team, doesn't own the team. He gave some comments this weekend that were awesome. I can't get into all the details, but it's a situation where I think we wanted to help Aaron achieve what he wanted as well as the Packers, which is hopefully to create a situation where it's a win for both sides. Isn't that sweet of him? I'm trying to remember the first time in 18 years that I would have come out as president of a team and said, my objection is to create a win for both sides. Hold on. Are you listening to my stomach right now? Did that make the uh, show, Coca? Hold on. Let me think. 
Sorry about that. That that is not gas. That's just indigestion from not digesting anything. No, let me think. I cannot remember. I mean, we've done so many trades. I mean, a player's best interest in mind, like a win-win for the player. I mean, if if a player can be happy with where he's traded, great. If a player can't be happy where he's traded, whatever. It's got to be a win for the team. We're going to decide. That's your role. As fans of the Packers, do you really care if Aaron Rodgers gets a win in the trade that Aaron Rodgers goes to where you want him to go? If the Packers want to play Jordan Love, play Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers isn't happy holding a clipboard, let him sit out, let him pout, put him on the inactive list, suspend him. If you have a conviction that you have a player who you want to play, you run the team. You choose the players, you make the lineups, you decide who's starting, all of the above. The players don't get to do that. Even in the world of player empowerment where it exists, where players are dictating where they go, the NBA isn't alone here. Aaron Rodgers waiting to tell the Packers whether he'll go to the Jets. Forget about it. This is how people are claiming it's gonna happen. Aaron Rodgers, hey uh, Mark, it's Aaron. Good to see you, man. Yeah, I'll go to the Jets. Oh, that's really nice, thank you. All right, let me call the Jets. Hey, Joe, Mark here. We're gonna want two first, two seconds, and DJ Moore. Any chance of that? Well, uh, I don't think we can trade that because we don't have DJ Moore, but what would you feel about Sam Darnold? Oh, that's right, he's not on my team anymore. Hold on, what'd you think about Zach Wilson? Oh, not bad, but no. Oh, Mike White. Yeah, all right, how about him? No. Give me a break. I've had it. This whole Aaron Rodgers situation, and I love the Packers. I love the Packers. I love the Packers. But don't let Aaron Rodgers dictate the terms of your offseason or dictate the terms of your next season. If you're ready to move on from him, and clearly you are, when you give statements like that, it's over. We gave you the way to see that Aaron Rodgers was had taken his last snap as a Packer. We gave you the way to see that he was gonna be traded to the Jets. We've told you what's gonna happen. There's no reason to come out with the statements Mark Murphy did unless it was done. Create a situation that's a win for both sides. I can't even figure out what he was trying to say. Is he trying to pacify Aaron? Trying to get Aaron to a position where he's gonna make a decision faster? That's not gonna work. I never met one player who said, hey, David, I saw your quote in the paper yesterday. That was good. I didn't know what I wanted before, but now that I see your quote, bang, I got it. Hey, David, I didn't realize we had so few fans and so little revenue until I saw your quote in the paper. Now I get it. Now I'm not going to ask for as much money. Bang. Hey, David, I got to tell you, I had no idea you even were running. That's really nice. I saw that you finished that race. I got to tell you, I feel so good about being here with the Marlins and with you that I really don't need the extra money that I was asking for in arbitration. Way to go. Bang. Players don't react or act according to what happens in the paper. They may say their feelings get hurt. They may go full Corbin Burns. Oh, I'm so sad about arbitration. Oh, my team is so mean to me. No, they don't care. Aaron Rodgers is not being influenced by what's being said, even on the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers will do what's good for him. And what's good for him is making sure that he collects the money and he has an ego he'd like to play. 
So if he can manufacture a trade and get traded out of Green Bay, great. But the scenario of him walking away from 60 large doesn't exist. The scenario of him being back with the Packers, if they don't trade him, you report to work. You make sure you speak to your agents or speak to your girlfriend, whoever you need to speak to, look at the terms of your contract and say, hey, you have to appear at this day at this time and make sure you bring your mouth guard. No problem. I'll see you then. Aaron Rodgers. And I can't take the win that he already is not on the Packers because he's on the Packers. Why would you even ask me? The purpose of a wait to see is when we waited and now we see. We're still waiting for Aaron Rodgers, waiting and waiting and waiting. There'll be a time when we see, but it's not today. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we have a full breakdown of the Academy Awards. Don't turn the channel because there were some things that happened that if you don't watch the show, that are gonna interest you for sure. And then if you think we're not gonna talk about Reggie Drummer Boy, then you don't know me very well. We'll be right back. I'd like to be part of the madness if you're watching live on YouTube, which you should be, then you just saw a commercial for CBS Bracket Madness. I was mad yesterday about the brackets. Not because of Wisconsin, I was mad because of Hubert Davis, who I used to love as a Nick. I think he wore number 44. He's the coach of the Tar Heels, defending champions. They did not make the tournament. They were one of the first four out. They released a statement saying they're gonna regroup and start working toward next year. And they're shutting down their season, turning down the NIT. I say that is horse hockey. I want the NCAA to ban the University of North Carolina Tar Heels from tournament play for three years so that every kid on that team does not get an opportunity to play postseason college basketball. I want Hubert Davis to be banned from postseason coaching for five years or shut down the NIT. Just close it down. Either you make the NCAA or you're done. Oh, we got relegated. You know what? We're not even going to play. Screw it. Let's take away the kids' right to play in a postseason tournament. Let's take away the students' right to go to a postseason tournament game. Let's take away any sort of rights that the NIT has, any sort of broadcasting rights that are paid, broadcasting fees. Let's make it a total joke and say that's for losers and we're not losers. Guess what, Hubert? You and your team are losers. That's why you don't have a chance to defend your title. A whole big statement that North Carolina released with Hubert Davis about all the things they're gonna learn from the, this season and what they're gonna take away and how they're gonna be back and ready to go next year. If I'm the NIT, I'm furious, but still gonna run commercials about it. If you didn't get a bracket commercial, that means you're listening to this and you got other commercials monetized, not by Coca or by me. Okay, I admit it. The Academy Awards are my favorite day of the year. And I am okay to say it. I feel good about it. I had a great day, had a little brunch. I start going into hair and makeup somewhere around three, start watching pregame somewhere around 4.30, red carpet arrivals. I've got my candy ready, I've got my snacks ready. I have my picks ready. I'm in a pool with my kids and my cousin and their significant others, one husband, one boyfriend. I've got the pics ready that I released to all of you. I'm imagining the monologue of the host, Jimmy Kimmel, what's gonna happen. 
and the day just flies by. Let me give you some takeaways of the Academy Awards for those who watched, those who didn't, things that worked, things that didn't. Hosting an award show is really hard. You can go Ricky Gervais and just go all in on, on being mean to everyone in the room and being funny, and it is funny, but that's the Golden Globes. This is the Academy Awards. For people who think that it's not a big deal, I want you to just think about your own industry, whatever your industry is, and think about being recognized by your industry. Does it not feel good when you are the best salesperson or the marketer of the year? We all go to the dinners for what we are, the organization of the year the rookie of the year, the team member of the year, whether it's within your company, whether it's within your industry, within your state, 40 under 40, 30 under 30, 60 over 60. Being recognized for doing what you do as being among the best of what you do. Why make fun of actors and people in the academy? There are thousands of people who work just so we can be entertained. Hundreds of thousands of people. Not all of them are in front of the screen. As a matter of fact, it's only a small percentage of those in front of the screen. And hosting a show like that, it's difficult because it can be dry and you better spice it up. I argue with Coca, this is my third straight year. I've already told you my view of Coca. I've told you there's no nothing personal without Coca. I told you that he and I can fight like siblings, like friends, like enemies. I will never convince him to like the Academy Awards, period. He doesn't like the movies I watch. He's upset when the biggest box office movies don't get nominated, though that matters. I'm fine. Coca, I forgive you. Jimmy Kimmel steps on stage, and the only question people had is, is he going to talk about Will Smith? And I thought, of course, but during the pregame ceremony in the red carpet, which I was not on. Can you imagine how great it would be being on the red carpet interviewing everybody? Hi, David Sampson here from Nothing Personal. What do you think about tonight's activities? Tell me what you were thinking when your name was read as a nominee. Hugh Grant, go screw yourself. Hugh Grant was so rude on the red carpet, so rude. That bothered me. I'll still love him. It's the art and the artist and separating, and I'm completely inconsistent in how I do it and it is absolutely wrong that I do it, but Hugh Grant can be the biggest daft prick of all time, and it will not matter to me because I will watch Notting Hill five times a year, four weddings and a funeral every time it's on. I just will. The head of the Academy is a woman named Janet. Janet Wang, I believe is her name. She was interviewed pregame and said, we're moving on from last year's Will Smith, Chris Rock situation. We're not talking about it. I thought that she gave Jimmy Kimmel strict instructions that in the monologue, we will not be discussing the slap. Jimmy Kimmel gets up, he does the monologue, does the monologue, does the monologue, no will, no Chris, no slap, no nothing, and then boom. Then it started, and it was part of the rest of the show. Jimmy Kimmel said, hey, anyone wants to come up here and get me, you are gonna get in big trouble. You're gonna win best actor and get to talk for 19 minutes. Let's keep our hands to ourselves, folks. He went on a, he actually was funnier than Chris Rock. But Jimmy Kimmel struck a perfect chord throughout the night. A host who you know who's hosting, a host who doesn't get in the way, and a host who's got smart, good humor that lands. Doesn't mean everything landed that the Academy did. I thought Elizabeth Banks with the cocaine bear was not necessary. I thought Jimmy Kimmel in the audience talking to the Nobel Peace Prize winner, Malala, was not necessary. 
He wasn't going to get great play from her or from Jessica Chastain. But I thought overall, Jimmy Kimmel was terrific. What made last night so good is the rewards to people who had dreams and didn't give them up. That was the theme. You had Michelle Yeoh win Best Actress for Everything Everywhere All at Once. You also had Kiwi Kwan win Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And you had Jamie Curtis win Best Supporting Actress for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Brendan Fraser, Best Actor for The Whale. And what was great about this is these first-time nominees and first-time winners made history. First Asian Malaysian actress to win Best Actress. Kwan had been out of the business for 20 years. He gets up there and gives a speech and he looks in the camera at the hundreds of millions of people watching around the world. And along with Michelle said, if you look like me and think that you don't belong, look again. If you have a dream that you wanna be like me, keep going. Athletes say it, actors say it, CEOs say it. Jordan Belfort says it. What does everyone have in common who gives a speech upon receiving an accolade? What do they all have in common? Persistence. Stick-to-itiveness. They don't give up. Do you know that the reason why the theme is the same is because the overwhelming majority of people do give up. The people who are there who are the non-overnight, overnight successes, the people who stand up in front of you at any speech, at any award ceremony, it doesn't need to be the Oscars. It can be anything. And the commonality is of theme is, I went after what I wanted and I didn't stop when I didn't have it. I believed in myself. I didn't give up the ship. I had people around me who supported me who let me keep going after my dream. I love that. And the reason I love it is that it doesn't mean that they're the most talented. It means that the rest of you had less belief. I think you can accomplish anything. I think any actor can, I think any director, I think any person, any kid. And this is not me commenting on social standing or opportunity. This is a mentality. Do you know how many people I know who are so privileged who are such failures? How many people I know who had not one break, not one break and are huge successes? So where is it? Where's the thread? It's belief. Everybody dreams. It's just a matter of when you give up on your dreams. It's a matter of knowing which dreams you're supposed to give up on and when. And if you screw that decision up, then you're never on stage. Then you never are the winner. If you look at what Everything Everywhere Out wants, they won so many awards. The, the guys who won the two Daniels, they won screenplay, they won director, they won picture, and they're up there and they had different acceptance speeches for each of the awards. I love that amount of planning. They thanked their teachers for the first one. Then they talked about their, the, the cast and the crew, and then they talked about the opportunity to have a voice and all the other things. They knew they were gonna have a great day. We knew they were gonna have a great day, and they did not fail in the moment. 
It's hard to do. Many people, when they get an award that they thought they would get, they weren't sure that they would get, they get on stage, they look at the red light and they say, wow, I'm not sure what to say or how to say it. Let me pull out a piece of paper. Well, that's pretty cocky. You have a piece of paper that says what you're gonna do. We saw that at the Emmys all the time. Everyone had their phones. They were reading their acceptance speech off their phones. Yeah, that's not at all what happens at the Academy Awards. You're sort of taught who to thank. The Daniels had the list of the teachers. I found the entire ceremony to be perfect. It breathed. It went three and a half hours and they didn't apologize for it. They only kicked people off the stage once or twice with music. They allowed all 23 awards to get the light of day, which they should have. The in memoriam part of the Academy Awards is a tough one. It is a cause of great, great controversy every year. Every year, you're gonna see a column. These actors or people were left out of in memoriam. But the people you hear this year, like Paul Servino, Ann Hesch, the uh, Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer that died on the set of Rust, the actress from Triangle of, Sidna of Sadness named Charlby Dean. They were all left out. There are people in that segment during the Lenny Kravitz song that you have never heard of, but guess who has? People in the academy, people in the industry. It's not just the people in front of the camera. One time I want one of the articles to say, you know who's left out of the in memoriam? The prop master named John Doe. How about that? Because having his picture in there is just as meaningful for the people in the industry and the family who knows him as it is for Anne Hesh's family, as it is for James Kahn's family. Because all the people on that screen all have families and this is the last time. This was the last recognition. I find it to be extremely sad. Of course, as it relates to me, not to you, just me. I'm thinking about people who I've known who have passed recently and how we honor them, whether it's in a private way or in a public way. Then I think of people who I knew who have been honored in the memoriam. David Picker, I still think about you every day from our times at Madison Square Garden and upstate New York and all the other great times you and your wife, Sandy, and me and my family spent together and seeing your picture in the in memoriam when you died years ago gave me a moment of peace and smile how does it work? A list is made, a composition is put together, an order is put together, certain people of high profile get their own art, their own thumbnail, their own artwork, other people get quick flashes, you figure out what the order is, who gets the time, you time it to the Lenny Kravitz song, and you fit it in within a show. People argue, let Lenny Kravitz sing one more verse give another two minutes to get every name in. But if you put in the people who are missing, there's still four more people or six more people who won't make it, who didn't make it. So you make it, you cut it off, and then it's in the can. That's why you heard Jimmy Kimmel say a joke, we're gonna figure out should Robert Blake be in the in memoriam? How could he not be? He died. He just died, he's Robert Blake, put him in. It's already been cut. It's already been rehearsed. Who's gonna be where? 
what order with Lenny Kravitz singing when, where the camera angles are. It's done. You can't change it. Now, what if there were a huge death in Hollywood? Would they add something at the end? No, they'd add a different picture and they'd make it a separate situation. I got frustrated with the memoriam always because I forget that certain people died. I had totally forgotten that Kirstie Alley had passed away. I had totally forgotten Irene Cara had passed away. I forgot Vangelis passed away. <sighs> okay. We went 18 and five in our ballot. We did very, very well. Congratulations to everything everywhere all at once. Congratulations to the Academy. It was a great show. All right, we gotta talk about Reggie Drummer for a minute. If you don't know that name, you should. Coke even has video of Reggie Drummer. You never would have heard of him. He's an umpire in college. This to me was the most egregious example of bad umpiring since Eric Gregg benefited the Marlins in 1997 with LeVon Hernandez. Coke, can you pull up that video? You gotta look at these strike calls. I mean, that wasn't a strike, but here comes the last pitch of the game. The college player stands there. He's a right-handed hitter. This ball was never a strike at all. It is so far down and outside, and the umpire calls a third strike and walks off the field. His name is Reggie Drummer. It is inconceivable that Drummer thought it was a strike. Even with his eyes closed, the sound of the ball hitting the glove was in a place that wasn't in the strike zone. Even if he had to go to the bathroom, you call timeout, go to the bathroom, come back and umpire the game. Even if you have a vendetta against the player, you call him out on a borderline pitch, you don't call him out on that. There are umpires who have vendettas against players at every level, it happens. It's not supposed to be personal, but it does. The quote upon his suspension was classic. After a thorough review of the New Orleans and Mississippi Valley State Baseball Contest on March 10th, the Southland Conference confirmed the home plate umpire's conduct and actions were deemed detrimental to the conference and in violation of Section 3 character and conduct of the CCA Mechanics Manual for Baseball. That was the statement. Section three talks about umpires and how they're supposed to exhibit and uphold the standards of integrity of the umpiring profession. They shall bear a great responsibility for engendering public confidence in sports. Let's not take ourselves all that seriously. Let's fire him because he sucks at his job, not because he violated section three of the manual. I understand they had to give a reason because of legal implications and in case they get sued, they want to see YA. But how about you give a little press conference where you say, seriously, you think that as the head of this conference, I need to actually look the video twice to make sure that person doesn't umpire again? I could care less about unions. I could care less about integrity. I care less about any of it. I want someone who knows what the hell they're doing. We cannot be taken seriously or even come close to monetizing our sport or our league if we're getting calls like that. This is the worst nightmare for Major League Baseball, knowing that some of their umpires stink and there's nothing they can do about it because they're protected. But man, if you had an umpire who called a strike and ended a game on a pitch like that, he wouldn't get protected by the union. He'd be gone. That's the dream scenario for MLB would be to have CJ Buckner make a call like that. Not on the margins, not where you get graded and you had a good game or a bad game or you're just a total pain in the ass. 
call that a strike the way Reggie Drummer did and it's over, done. It is so important for umpires not to take personal vendettas onto the field, just like it is in the NBA and we're hearing more and more about this. It's a problem for the leagues. Not that umpires, referees wanna be the story, not when they are the story. You want personality, fine. You wanna be Joe West, great. You wanna be Mendy Rudolph, love it. Earl Strom, count me in. But it's quality that we're looking for because it's not that people, this is the expression people use, we didn't pay to see the umpires or the referees. People pay to see the players. Nah, what you're really paying for is to see a competition. And every competition has to be monitored by neutral observers who understand how to implement the rules. That's why it matters. Okay, nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Heat plus one and a half on Friday against the Cavs in Miami. That was our second win of a home team being one and a half point underdogs. I have no idea why. We won on the Grizzlies on Thursday. We won with the Heat on Friday. We had the USA beating Great Britain on Saturday. I think we won a dollar there because it was 10,000 to one. The USA did beat Great Britain. Then last night they lost to Mexico. Hey, shout out to Jorge Cantu. Way to go, buddy. Saturday, we had the Dominican Republic and Sandy Alcantara beating Venezuela. I had no idea that the lineup for the Dominican would fall asleep. We lost that. So we went two and one this weekend which means that we're now 34 and 35. The thing about the WBC and pool play is that you can lose a game the way the USA did last night and still make it out of the pool and make it to the knockout quarterfinal round. Dominican is in a very tough pool that's being played in Miami. We should talk about another time, Coco, about what's going on at Marlins Park and how great the atmosphere is at the World Baseball Classic. I may do an entire segment on that because I spent years trying to figure out how to monetize this excitement and I was not able to do it. I don't think Bruce Sherman will be able to either. It's just different, folks. It is different. The Marlins playing on a Tuesday does not arise the same level of emotion as Dominican versus Venezuela, ever. It's just not gonna happen. We would go after it saying, if you wanted WBC tickets, then you have to buy season tickets. And people would say, well, maybe I'll buy them on the secondary market because I want to go to that game, but I don't want to go to the Wednesday game at one o'clock in the afternoon when the Marlins are playing the Rays in front of 4,000. I want to be there when there's 35,000 people. But of course, the Marlins owner was walking around like, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. By the way, Korea is, be Korea is beating China 22 to two right now. Doesn't really matter, does it? All right, let's give you our pick for today. We have got the Warriors minus four and a half over the Suns. Warriors at home beating the Kevin Durantless Suns by four and a half, we're 34 and 35. We gotta really talk about the USA and losing their game, Coca. We'll probably be able to talk about that tomorrow, but just keep in mind when you are managing the World Cup, the World Baseball Classic, you are taking care of players according to the wishes of the owners of those players and the owners of the teams in which they play, only if those players play in Major League Baseball. That's why the USA is at a bit of a disadvantage because Mark DeRosa says to himself, man, I have to put out pitchers 
not who I want, when I want, but according to the needs of the parent club. I wanna talk about the impact that would have and how different or similar that is to the World Cup in soccer and whether or not baseball can learn something from the World Cup with the rules they do in the World Baseball Classic. And here's my spoiler alert. It's about timing. When you have the WBC during spring training, you've got owners who are panicked because of injury, because players are ramped up. Are you looking at these at-bats? The stress, the leverage, that's not normal March behavior. It leads to injury and owners not wanting their players to play. Yeah, we'll talk more about it. You know why? We'll be back tomorrow. And owners think all this because as much as they like the WBC, it's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.